but I'll probably make about three piles of compost that size a year. Wow. I mean, probably over 100 yards. Oh, look, there's a tree trimming helicopter. You ever see one of those working? No. Oh, it's like out of some science fiction. There's a snowmobile engine and a, and a bunch of series of blades on that bottom there. Uh -huh. They go along the power lines cutting limbs off with a helicopter. Wow. But and don't know. cut the power lines. Well, they try not to. <laughs> but I bring, you know, we get, uh, I get three or four dump truck loads of mushroom compost. And this used to be a cattle feed lot, and it's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. It's mid-November, and Eric Freeland is showing me around his farm in Brook County, West Virginia. Eric farms mostly berries, tomatoes, some beets, and other crops, so there isn't much in the ground at this time of year. This has got cover crop in there now of uh, winter rye, and of course there'll be three rows of strawberries will be in here uh, next, uh, mm -hmm. next spring. And you'll see literally every inch of ground I got almost is, uh, is utilized. We weave through rows of trellised raspberry and blackberry bushes as his dogs, Brock and Greta, trail behind us. Well, this is my grandparents. I, I mean, I grew up, I've been here my entire life. Stay back, Greta. I started this journey almost two years ago as a grad student who had become fascinated with this nebulous idea of social sustainability in agriculture. Sustainability, according to academics and government organizations, is seen as having three legs environmental, economic, and social. But in practice, those first two legs, environmental and economic, tend to overshadow the third. Part of the problem is that there isn't really a way to easily quantify social values in the way we use money to quantify economics. And while economic viability is important to communities pretty much across the board, the relative importance of social factors associated with quality of life and what people think those factors even are can vary. For some, the loss of agrarian communities has made farming a more solitary activity than it once was, and means that farmers have to work harder to find resources like equipment, information, and support. Access to health insurance and other employment benefits can be beyond reach for farmers who are considered self-employed, but are relatively low wage earners, meaning most farmers also work off-farm jobs. The need for off-farm employment often leads to long work weeks that are physically and emotionally strenuous, and limited opportunities to grow the viability of a farm business. Support and a sense of community can be hard to find for farms like Eric's in areas where sustainable practices are not the norm. This overshadowing of social issues by economic and environmental considerations is probably not because of a lack of concern. Researchers and policymakers tend to know that there are social and cultural factors that are important to farm survival and succession, but rather because of how hard it can be to translate quality of life issues into something actionable. The ever-looming burden of being able to measure positive outcomes means that organizations like the USDA, state departments of agriculture, and extension agencies tend to focus most of their energy on profitability for farmers and improving economic conditions more broadly in rural communities. These are absolutely important elements of sustainability. Higher incomes can help farmers and their communities to achieve better quality of life in a lot of ways, and the two are often inextricably linked. But they don't always address the specific social issues that can make farming challenging, not only as a business, but as a lifestyle. I really wanted to know what farmers had to say about this. What do they think these elusive social sustainability issues are? And how do they show up in people's everyday lives? It's really unique, and but we really like it, and there's, uh... It's constantly changing, especially with our extra challenges of land availability. You know, my God, I only got one daughter, not like I got ten kids that one of them wants to farm. So that was like the realist realization to me is like we can't leave. 
problem was, at the time, I didn't really know any farmers who were willing to talk to me about it. So I left school and went to work for a food and agriculture nonprofit in Wheeling, West Virginia. A big part of my job there was buying product from local farmers, which is how I met Eric and most of the farmers featured here. They're my colleagues and my friends, and as I got to know them and hear their perspectives on their work, their lives, and their communities, it brought this concept that had been lingering in the back of my mind for years back to the forefront. I won't claim to offer a comprehensive study of social sustainability and solutions to all of the challenges it poses, but I hope that by hearing from a handful of smaller-scale local farmers in this specific region, the Upper Ohio Valley, we can center the perspectives of those most affected and broaden the conversation around quality of life in food and agriculture.